<laughs> yes. Anyway, he left me a note to tell you about the Pakistan people that uh, they need $218 to pay for what the last little showing was. It was uh, five, somebody paid 300 already. And for anybody who's local here is watching in Sarasota, he has a free washer and dryer that works. He said but that emphasizes it works. So it isn't a piece of junk. So you pick it up though, you have to pick it up. <laughs> and Charlie's out because of uh, sewage problems and plumbing problems. That's much worse than he thought to begin with. So we need to. Pray that they get the right people in there to, to do whatever they want. Today we're going to look at the, the book of the Psalms. Uh, 170 or 148 just excited me. I, you, you, you don't know this, but uh, I've been going through the Psalms, uh, the section at a time, those eight verses, and I finished a couple of days ago. And 148 was in there, and it just excited me so much. And when Charlie asked me if I would fill in for him, of course, the Psalms came up. Uh, Sergio asked me if we was going to have a lot of interaction. I don't know about that. <laughs> but you might be thinking about, do you have a favorite Psalm? I mentioned a few Psalms in here, but uh, I'll hear from you if you want to talk about your favorite one, if you have a favorite. The book of the Psalms is a, well, wait a minute. We better ask the Lord to make this, make this word of the Psalms uh, uh, alive to you. Lord, we do thank you for the privilege of sharing your word with others. We're sorry about Charlie's uh, misadventure here with the house plumbing and ask that they might uh, get this fixed uh, very soon for him. And we ask for each of us here that we would be uh, uh, obedient to your word that when there is a, a d direct command from you to do something that we would be like putty in your hands, we would be obedient and do it. So let's begin again. The book of the Psalms is the book of prophecy and emotion. What they have to say is vital to our spiritual journey through life. Fact is, Psalms 1-3 says, The blessed man is to delight and meditate on the law or the word of God to be fruitful. The Lord Jesus himself in John 15-8 says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. The book of the Psalms will transform you. We read in 12-2 of Romans, We do not... Uh, see, say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. The book of the Psalms is divided into 150 chapters, which contains a total of 2,461 verses. <laughs> Broken down further, the Psalms contains well over 40,000 words of, of poetry and music that are still celebrated and sung and recited today. In the present form, the book of the Psalms consists of 150 poems divided into five books. 
The first division is chapters 1 through 41. Second is 42 through 72. Then 73 through 89. 90 through 106. 107 through 150. The first four are marked off by concluding doxologies. It's uncertain why the Psalms are divided into five books. There's going to be some comments about that as we go. It's not based on authorship or chronological or uh, several authors composing psalms and their individual songs are mixed throughout the various collections. The, early, the earliest extinct that is still existing copy of the psalms is from the, what would you suppose? Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh. <laughs> it's Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, that's a, from about the first century. That copy shows that divisions into the five books extends to all, at least at that time, and certainly earlier. That's from the Dead Scrolls. Some people think Ezra or other Jewish religious leaders compiled the Psalms in their existing order during Ezra's lifetime in the 4th century B.C. Overall, Psalms is the book of the Old Testament, which most Hebrew manuscripts available for research, indicating its enduring popularity among both Jews and Christians. Each of the five books or major sections of the Psalter end with a doxology. And Psalms 150 has the grand doxology for the whole collection. The earliest division, the earliest evidence, excuse me, of the fivefold division of the book of Psalms comes from the Quram Scrolls, which the scribes copied early in the century. At least 30 partial or complete manuscripts of the Book of the Psalms were found in those Karam caves. It's quite certain that the Psalter was in its final form by the close of the Old Testament canon, namely about 400 B.C. The fivefold divisions may have been an intentional attempt to replicate the fivefold divisions of the Torah, which is the first Five books, yes. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, which is the foundation of the Israelis' life and faith. We all have favorites. I ask you to begin with, do, do you have a favorite? Let's, let's see if you do. do. Anybody want to comment on their favorite? I do. My favorite is Psalm 51. 51. Because I feel like that is my prayer, should be my prayer, every day, maybe three times a day. Because of sin in our life. Psalms 32 and 51 are David's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, mine, mine is um, Psalm 91, and I like that first section. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it reminds me of when you close your eyes and you um, pray quietly, and and that's when you're under the shadow of the Almighty, just between you and Him in a relationship. Okay. Loretta had Psalms 91. It's hers. Jim was, was Psalms 51. 51. 51. Okay. Saints and sinners alike know some or all of the verses of... I didn't hear the 23. Psalms, saints and sinners all 
know the sum or all of the verses of Psalms 23. 23. Okay, and, and the heavens, the 19th Psalm talks about the heavens telling of the glory of God. Uh, if I look down and I look up, I, I lose my place. And their expanse declares the work of his hands. The 27th uh, Psalm, verse 10, is for the family. It says, For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Then comes Psalms 31 and, or 32 and 51. David's sin, God's forgiveness. 46. Besides what the little boy was caught in the closet with his hand in the cookie jar, he says, The, the, Lord, the Lord is a very present help in trouble. <laughs> That's he almost had he almost had the verse right, but God is ever present. Yes, He is. The warning that prevents our prayers from being heard is in Psalm sixty six eighteen. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Who has not envied those people who prospered and are arrogant and not troubled as others? That would be Psalms seventy three. We look at them and we say, they, they're not troubled at all. They seem to get along just, just great. But it says, until they went into the house of the Lord, and that is down in verse 16 and 17. The answer came in church service. Psalms 90, our days on earth are 70 years. And if by reason of hope they're, we're, they're, they're you add to that, there's there's trouble and sorrow, and we pass away, okay? 91, Loretta. <laughs> to live godly? Oh, wait a minute. Until the answer, oh, wait a minute, 91. Glory, hallelujah, for Psalms 91, 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. That Psalms 103 happened to be my dad's favorite psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all of his benefits. Dad liked that because he worked and he, he was looking forward to have benefits when he retired. Who pardons all of our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's almost like Psalm, or Isaiah chapter 40. A lot of people have that plaque up on, on their wall. 119 has only five verses that doesn't have a synonym for the word law or word. Verse 11 says, I have treasured or hidden, the King James says hidden, I have Treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How wonderful and glorious are the praises of Psalms 146 through 150. 156, let everything that hath breath, breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Revelation 5:13. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and me, and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessings and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. That's to come. That's yet, yet in the future. The Psalms are heavenly praise set to music. They are the Israelites' songbook. 
okay? Hymnal, okay? They express our wonder of the miraculous beauty of the earth, the glorious sunsets, the sun rising, the mountaintops pointing upward to heaven, the uncountable number of stars which God gave names to them all. No wonder the Psalms 8 cries out, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've displayed your splendors above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him, or the son of man that you care for him? O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Who wrote the Psalms? Okay, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of the scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Men by the moved by the Spirit who wrote the Psalms included Moses wrote number ninety. Ninety, very good. David wrote Psalms two through forty-one. He wrote forty-three. He wrote fifty-one through seventy-one. He wrote eighty-six, one hundred one, one hundred three, one hundred eight through one ten, one twenty-two, one twenty-four, one thirty-one through thirty-three. Asaph wrote fifth, uh, Psalms 59 and 73 through 83. Sons of Korah wrote Psalms 42, 44 through 49, 84, 85, 87. He and uh, Heman wrote Psalms 88. I guess there was co-authors, and I, I didn't understand how they got that, but I'll accept that. Which one? Uh, Psalms 88. It says both of them, they, it lists both of them as... as Anyway, they wrote it together. Solomon wrote 73 and 127, and 24 are not named. So, you can't put your name there, though, okay? <laughs> now, Psalm, let's turn to Psalms 148. We got the praise there. This is the one that got me all excited all about it to start with here. And I... I, I went to uh, helps uh, lexicon to get what they had to say about it, and uh, it's called one of the Halal Psalms, H-A-L-A-L, and it uh, it means to properly shine, illuminate, irradiate, hence to boast, to acclaim, as one radiantly becomes outright, beams out right recognition, preeminently used to acclaim or boast in the Lord. A part of the uh, compound term, hallelujah. You know, a lot of times the, the writers have when instead of praise, they'll put hallelujah in there and just substitute it for it. It is to, uh, ex uh, to laud extolling God's incomparable virtues. Praise centers in on the person of the thing and envisions this in the life, in life application. The term the hallelujah, praise the Lord, occurs virtually in every language. It is more technically translated, praise ye, Yah, Y-A-H. Mm -hmm. 
Yah being a shortened form of Yahweh, the unique Israelite name for God. And that was from uh, Dr. Younger. Claim or boast supremely expresses uncontainable, exuberant praise of Yahweh and his work. Such praise celebration is jubilant, highly intentional, making an open boast of, a claim in a celebrating way to glory, to exalt in this responding immediately and properly right now. It's called for in the context. God is sovereign now and will always be sovereign as he was in Genesis 1-2. He demonstrated he does what he wants, when he wants, to whom he wants, and how he wants. And the end result, God saw in Genesis 1-31a, God saw that all he had made, and behold, it was very good. <laughs> not just good, but very good. Not just a peanut butter sandwich, but jelly and peanut butter. <laughs> oh, I love that. Colossians 1, 16 through 18. It mentions he. Now, I want to tell you a little bit of something about the he. He is... God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets by many portions and many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through all, whom also he made the world. That's, that's showing you the Trinity here, by the way. He's the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. His work was finished when he sat down. The other priests never sat down. There was no chairs in that, in the tabernacle, not in the holy place or the holy of holies. No, nobody was done. The Lord had to do that. Now let's go back to uh, Colossians 1.15. He's the image of the invisible God. God, the firstborn of all creation, by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. His before all things, and in him all things hold together or they consist. Psalms 148 is unique. It is pure praise. Praise. It can it's not one single prayer, not one plea, not one petition, only praise. The psalmist warms to his theme. His vision is expanded. His soul soars skyward. He mounts up on eagle's wings. He calls on all those high in glory to praise the Lord. He calls on those here on earth to praise the Lord. Living things, lifeless things, Pure spirit and human beings alike are summons to sing. When you read that, it thrills me. The Psalms begin and ends with the familiar call, praise the Lord. While Psalms 147 makes a brief mention of God's creative activity in heaven, this Psalms develops extensively the, the participation of heaven in the worship of the Lord. The very heights above where God rules. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all ye his hosts, his armies, 
you who serve him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you who work your works of his creatures of every sort, everywhere, in all places, his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Together with outer space and the atmosphere of the earth, all are invoked to join in Israel's praise. In, the, in order of the proximity to the Lord, the psalmist addresses rhetorically the angels, the starry host, the elements. Kirkpatrick, one of the writers, wrote an anthem of praise to ring out from heaven above and to answer from earth below. Now, this is in some song books, and I looked up on, online, and I found three or four writings for it, so I wrote one down. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. This is, this is giving his interpretation of Psalms 148. From the heavens, praise his name. Praise Jehovah in the highest. All his angels praise, proclaim. All his hosts together praise him. Sun and moon and stars on high. Praise him, all ye heavens of heavens, and ye floods above the sky. Then we have the chorus. Let them praise let them praises give Jehovah, for his name alone is high, and his glory is exalted, and his glory is exalted, and his glory is exalted far above the earth and skies. Let them give Jehovah, let them give praises to Jehovah. They were made at his command, them forever he established. His decree shall ever stand. From the earth, O oh, praise Jehovah, all ye floods, ye dragons all. Fire and hail and snow and vapor, stormy winds that hear his call. All ye fruitful trees and cedars, all ye hills and mountains high, creeping things and beasts and cattle, birds that in the heavens fly. King of earth, all ye people, kings of earth and all ye people, princes great, earth's judges all. Praise his name, young men and maidens, aged men and children small. Though the praise through the praise of his host may be denoted both the angelic and the starry host. And it gives here Job 38, 7 as a verse for that. Uh, I didn't copy that because I didn't really understand Job 38, <laughs> verse 7. So you'll have to do that. It most likely refers to the angelic host that surround the throne of God. Hence, the NIV, Jim, his heavenly host. That's what it says in the, in the NIV for the, that uh, Job song. Yes. Sun and moon and shining stars were created by the Lord. Genesis 1, 14 through 19. The shining stars, the stars of light could well be the morning stars. The NIV again, morning stars. These are the planets visible at dawn. Further, the water above the skies a phenomenal expression for the source of the various forms of precipitation. Join in praising God. We like it when it rains here in the summer, don't we? Uh, people like it when it snows, you know, to ski and whatever they want to do. Anyway, it's a synonymous expression for the highest heavens. The, the sequence of imperatives, praise him. Verses 1 through 4, followed by the command, let them praise him. Praises do the Lord because he is the creator. The creative acts of God are marked by three characteristics. The Lord created everything by his word, or he commanded, and everything appeared. 
we got that in Genesis 1 and Psalms 33.9 and 147.15. Second, he permanently ordered and regulated the world of nature, the order and regularity of the heaven, heavenly bodies and the forms of precipitations are so because of his creative involvement. Nothing happens as a result of chance. Nature, Mother Nature, he has made a degree which will not pass away. A regulation typically given by God to show how to routinely deal with situations in his perfect will. It's inscribed in line, defined with the, the with which lane, habit routine, he desires for believers, individual, uh, their individual holy habits that bring his approval when obeyed and regularly faith in as a regular faith routine. God's statues can be long-term, transgenerational, statues represented of God's methods and patterns to treat matters of life in his way, dealing with recurrent situation, which he which his remedy or, or, or proper habits or routines. Every situation of life is eternally sacred, non-secular or immoral. Statues refer to God's tailor-made direction to follow his will in every everyday life. A statue properly means what is carved, etched, engraved, referring to practicing a prescribed habit, a routine, or a regiment. God directs habits and routines like the psalmist's own cherished statue of 119-164 to offer up prayers seven times a day. Following the Lord's statues or holy habits allows every moment of life to count and count for eternity. God faithfully revealed direction for habits that bring full fellowship with Him. That is all from the uh, Helps lexicon and we, we we're leaving that right now consistency in our walk with the lord is everything a prime example is how we approach daily habits according to his preferred will verse 6 lifts the glorious truth is filled with the glorious truth although god made many bodies he did not leave them to wander haphazardly around but set them in place there they must remain forever and ever because the same word that created them governs their continuity the expression ever and ever are never clearly limited to the duration of the universe and do not mean that these creatures are eternal if we wonder how lifeless objects can praise god as well as living beings the answer is that they do not have to be alive and conscious to glorify god their creation from nothing, their size, number, the fact that they inspire us to praise, all mean that they have a part in universal worship of God. Did you ever see a beautiful horse? How does he praise the Lord? You know, he's, he, he's one of those that does it. He, he, we're we're going to get to one where he works on being a horse. He works on being a horse. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You created me a horse. I'm going to be a horse. Yes. Jim says he works on being a horse. A horse works on that. When David was working as a shepherd, he had plenty of time and opportunity to complete God's creation. Psalms 8, it was the moon and the stars. Here, it's the sun in, in Psalms 8. 
The shepherd's life is an outdoor life, and no one is more conscious than he of what's going on in the heavens and the skies. But David's response is more than, oh, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. <laughs> Those without God can only see what their eyes behold. But one who has the word of God hears as well as sees. I think I'm going to sneeze. The works of nature do not use speech or language. No, a voice is heard. But to those with a mind tuned to God, they pour forth speech and display knowledge. This is there, this is there for all the earth, even those at the ends of the world, and all live under the same celestial canopy. The message they speak, the glory of God, the work of his hands, while it's good and right to admire and enjoy the natural creation for itself, it's better to see it as a window through which the being, the being of God and his acts in time can be perceived. David is expressing poetically what Paul puts theologically in Romans 1, 18 through 20. The natural creation is there as witness to God, even as proof of his existence, his power, his nature. This is what he preached to the, Paul preached to the ignorant uh, pagans over in Lystra in Acts uh, 14. The works of nature should not be made object of worship, but seen as pointers pointing to God who made them. He took a similar line approach to the educated pagans in, in Athens in Psalms, or, uh, Acts 8, 17. At noon, verse 4 of uh, 4 through 6 of 148, Psalms 148. At noon, one thing stands out above all others, which is the sun. <laughs> he was talking about getting sunburned through the clouds here when, before we started. And it, it, 12 o'clock is usually when it's very hot. This too is not the worship is not to be worshipped, but seen as an agent of God who pitched his tent or pitched a tent for it. He pitched his tent for the sun. That is given a permanent place in the order of things, so that day by day it performs the functions of God who appointed has appointed it to make its circuit from one end of the heavens to the other, so that it gave light and heat to all the earth. This is a cause for rejoicing, which he expressed by two appropriate metaphors of a bridegroom leaving his home to claim his bride and a champion doing his lap of honor. That's also in, in that, uh, verses 4 and 5. Everyone sees or at least benefits from the sun. Let's, let us all see God who gave it and rejoice in him. The earth is to praise the Lord. When the Lord Jesus entered Jerusalem that Palm Sunday, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice. This upset the, starts with the PH. Pharisees. Pharisees, yes, it upset them. He, he wanted them rebuked. The Lord told the Pharisee that if they held their, their voice, what would cry out? Rocks, rocks, remember? He said the rocks will cry out. The sea and habitation. Fire, some say this refers to lightning. Hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, mountains, hills, fruit trees, food for man, cedars, wood for building, beasts, lions and such, creeping things, bugs, <laughs> birds. 
now to the upper class, kings, lower class, all people, and then princes and all judges, governing bodies, all ages of the household. It says to young men and maidens, let them praise the name of the Lord. All are to praise him according to the limits of their varied lives. All have a place in the scheme of things. All have a voice with which to praise. Oh, sorry about that. Psalms 148, verse 14. Verse 14 is written to Israel. The Hebrews of all people had supreme knowledge of God and enjoyed an unique relationship with him. They of all people should praise him. The psalmist then calls on the Hebrews to praise the Lord for their position they enjoy as a people near to him, praise the Lord. Although many times they had wandered from him, he never forsakes them. The rebirth of the nation after the Babylonian captivity, read Ezra and Nehemiah for that, was proof of that. Israel held a place close to the heart of God, and it still does. <coughs> we gathered in Israel from the nations in our day, rebirth of the national life in 1948. Oh, proclaims God God's hand on this people and all their wanderings down through the long ages. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth. Psalms 149.6 How worthy God is to be praised. Eternal, uncreated, self-existing, omnipotent, om omniscient, omnipresent, holy, just, true, tender, and loving, gracious, and kind. He's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Theologians have a word for this. It's called the essence. Father, Son, Spirit existing as one supreme being. He is, he was, and he is to be. He is Elohim, Adonai, Jehovah. Revelation 1.8 testifies to this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. The Greek word, which I'll butcher, so I'll spell it for you, P-A-N-T-O-K-R-A-T-O-R, is equivalent to the Lord of hosts, or Jehovah of Sabbath of the, of the Old Testament. We praise him for what he is and for what he does. We praise him that he is too loving to be unkind, too wise to make a mistake, too powerful to be thwarted in his good and acceptable and perfect will. What God has done in the past is a model and a promise of what he will do in the future. But he is too creative to do the same thing the same way twice. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The orchestra is full voice. The choir sings out with all its might. The grand conductor himself, the chief musician, turns to, to the en enraptured assembly crowd. He beckons to them. He calls upon everyone to sing. Their hearts and minds and hands and feet and lungs and breath. All the orchestra, all the choir, all the people unite into volumes sound, sound fitting to worship of God, of majesty, mercy, and might. Then... It, would it be too much to visualize the chief musician himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, beckoning to us, heaven-born, heaven-bound church, living in an age of grace with the invitation, praise ye the Lord. With that, the Hebrew hymn book ends. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark, how the heavenly anthems drown all music but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee and hail him as the matchless king throughout eternity. Last evening, I watched the story of the life of Fanny Crosby. 
who she wrote more than 10,000 or more hymns in her lifetime. Though she was blind from an early age, here's one that emphasizes praise. In that, she had an eye problem and they had some quack doctor that came and put a, some kind of a portion on a cloth on her eyes and she was, ir, ir, how you say it? Blinded. Uh, huh? Blinded. She was blinded, yes. They could not. They, they went to see. Fanny's grandmother read to her all the time from the Bible as her mother had to work because her father had passed away. Uh, she was age 30 before she came to know the Lord. 30. Wow. Even if all of this upbringing and God being involved. She knew people like the President of the United States, President Pope. He would come unannounced to where she lived and they would take walks together. Uh, that, that that just amazes me, you know. She's the only one that was ever, ever only woman ever asked to, to testify before the Congress and the Senate. She, she was a fantastic woman from humble beginnings. You know, she, she sold all of those, or all those songs were sung. And she, when she died, she had only $2,000 in her bank account. She gave to all kinds of charities and to institutions. She was a very, woman that was heavily minded and she didn't really think that praise and, 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 and notoriety was the thing that, that she wanted to, people to remember about her. So here it is. Oh, by the way, her favorite song, because of Dwight Moody and uh, Iris Sankey preaching it all over the United States and Europe, is Blessed Assurance. She got that song, her friend Phoebe, I can't remember her last name now, came and says, God gave me this this music, but I don't have words for it. And she said, Fanny sat down in her rocking chair and in five minutes she had the words to Blessed Assurance. That's one of her most well-known, I mean, this woman was a mind of a genius. Anyway, to God be the glory, great things he had done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life in atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Great thing. Oh, wait a minute. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus' Son. Give him the glory. Great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. To every believer, the promise of God. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus, the pardon received. Great things he hath taught us. Great things he had done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our, rap, our rapture, when Jesus we see. <sighs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Folks, I don't know what time it is. It's up to only been, what, 40 minutes? 40, yeah. <sighs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to try to... Before you go, let me just say a few things. Okay. All, where is the music for all the psalms? I would love to hear the original music. That I don't know that, Jim. That Jim. Jim wanted to know where is the music for all the psalms. <laughs> you know, we they, they sing those uh, hallelujah, hallelujah or whatever that is. Psalms like one to, what is it, 114 through 
121 or something like that. Anyway, when they were going up to Jerusalem those three times a year, H A L L E L, I think's how you spell that. So the, I know they they sung a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, the New Testament tells us to sing with hymns, see songs and hymns, and what what is the other one? And psalms and hymns and it escapes me. Spiritual songs, songs and hymns and spiritual songs with melody in your heart to the Lord. That's how it was. So the other thing is that um, you pointed to uh, 148. Yeah. What's I never noticed this until this class here, but if you look from 145, 145 is a psalm praise. Yeah. And it's an acrostic. So it's the alphabet of, of the Jews all the way through it until 13. But then every every psalm after that through 150 is a daisy chain. It's all praise the Lord. Next psalm, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, yeah. praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's like all the way through, right to 50. Yeah. To the end of 50, too. It's like, it's amazing. Yes, it is. Today, so. <laughs> it's a daisy chain. I have a question. Yeah. When you first, uh, before you started the Psalms, you, you said that the Psalms uh, is the book of emotions, and I didn't get the other one. Emotions. It was the first thing. Prophecy, book of prophecy. Book of prophecy. Prophecy and emotions. That was the first sentence. <laughs> but the other interesting thing about just the Psalms in general, there's always mention of the precepts and laws, but it doesn't go into detail. So it's basically whatever you're saying, Lord, I believe and I love and I want you to help and all the things that, that, that is prayed about, but it's all relational. It has, it's, it, there's no law specifically in the Psalms. There's no anything other than that relationship between our Creator and whoever's reading this, whether it be Old Testament, New Testament, end of times, who knows? It's just it's all gonna be just that relationship between huh. his create creation and the Creator. That's all it is. The Psalms are relational between the Creator and the saints. Period. <laughs> Period. 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 Yeah. It's remarkable to me that only the five of those psalms in, in 119 doesn't have a synonym for the, the, the word word, right? You know, or, or law. He says, you know, there are synonyms throughout. And Jim reads from the NIV, and you know, and he says statues and something else. And mine doesn't read like statues. It has another synonym for it, you know. But, but there's uh, never detail. It's it, like not this specifically. Yeah. It's just that the Lord gave it to me as a statute, as a precept, as a, yeah. and I love it yeah. because I love you. Yeah. That's that's really all. It's like yeah. it's a relational, it's yeah. a love story between mankind and God. Yeah. It's really all it is. It's, it's amazing. It's a, it really is. It is amazing. All right, you're going to have a time to go get eat a bite early today. <laughs> That's good. It's always good, Burke, when you do this. A little surprising, though, because you don't look the same without the beard. <laughs> he said, I don't look the same without a beard. I, I, I did shave a lot of it off today. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this time of, of praising you. May we be like it, you know. May, may, may it be all praise. All praise to you. We have There's enough of going on of bad stuff that we read and see and hear about but 
we, we need to hear from you the glorious news that you're coming, you're taking us with you, you're taking us to our home with you, and we're in you. We, 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 we love that. We love that. May you be praised. All honor and glory go to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Burke. Thank you. That was wonderful. <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was, I'd never studied so much in all my life. Charlie asked me last Saturday evening, and Sunday, I, I don't know how many hours I spent a lot after I went home from church. Monday, most all day. Tuesday, I thought I had it notched. <laughs> Yesterday, I got more, and about 30 minutes. What's this thing doing blinking online?